Hey there, thank you for tuning in to the This Southern Girl Can Show, the podcast that covers it all with a sweet Southern accent. Your host, Amber, is a successful YouTuber and published author who teaches others to craft, cook, run a business, and balance a hectic lifestyle. Check her out on Facebook, YouTube, and all other forms of social media under the same name as this podcast, This Southern Girl Can. You can also check out her website at www.thissoutherngirlcan.com. And now, here's Amber. Hey, y'all. So this podcast episode is going to be quite controversial. And I'm going to tell you right now, I am probably going to be doxxed within the crafting community, probably within the business coaching community as well after this episode airs. So I'm going to tell you right now, (laughs) you keep your eyes and ears open and I'm going to hit the nerves of so many people out there. And those people will start talking. Those people will start posting. Why? Those people don't like it when other people call attention to the wrong things that they are doing. I would also like to say that pretty much everything that I'm going to say in this episode, it is not only things that I want to say. I have an entire community behind me that I have been speaking with over the past few months. This is not something that I've just sat down today and said, okay, I think I'm going to talk a little bit. No, this is something that has been going on. I have an inbox full of people. I have a group full of people. I've been, you know, in communications with other YouTubers, other bloggers, other people that are feeling exactly the same way that I'm feeling, that my followers are feeling, and that so many other people out there are feeling, but no one will open their mouth and talk about it. And I don't want to say that no one, because there are a lot of YouTubers and bloggers that are picking up on this and wanting to spread the word about some of the nonsense that's floating around on social media right now. The main thing that made me want to bring about this episode is wanting to shed light on so many things and help the people out there that are afraid to speak up, that are afraid to say anything, help them to find their voice so that they can speak up as well. Now, if you hear a racket in the background, we are having some heavy rainstorms. So if you hear that, that's probably what it is, or there might be a kitten in here with me. Y'all know I rescue kittens. But anyway, I want to tell you just very, very briefly about why I'm going to speak on this topic. And you're probably saying, well, Amber, what topic are you talking about? Well, I'm going to be talking about two topics. First topic I want to talk about is this insanely toxic environment out there of teaching people to fake it till you make it in the business industry. And it's not just the crafting industry. It is pretty much spread all over the planet in any form of business. Oh, just fake it till you make it. Fake it till you make it. That's one of the most toxic things I've ever heard in my life. Okay. The next one is the rise of the scam business coaches. Now, I just hit a nerve with many people out there because I know they listen to my podcast, whether they want to admit it or not, they listen to it because I am a hot topic of discussion in several groups out there. I have little birdies and eyes everywhere and things get back to me. I actually think it's quite funny. Now, before we go further, am I saying that all business coaches are bad? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And people need to not think that there are some good ones out there, but there are more bad ones. There are more grifters. There are more scammers than there are good ones. 
and we'll show you some red flags later. And we're going to go over everything that you're going to need to know to pick out these scammers and what you can do to actually grow your business without having to flush thousands of dollars of your hard earned money down the toilet. So I've been a crafter from a very, very young age. I've been crafting over 40 years, people. I've been crafting longer than some of these quote unquote gurus out here have been alive. I've been crafting longer than they have even heard of the term crafting. Okay. Does that give me the right to tell you how to run a business? No, just because you're a crafter, just because you know how to throw a wreath together, just because you know how to crochet a blanket, just because you know how to paint, that doesn't give you the right to try to teach other people how to run an actual business. Now, now, have I run successful businesses? Yes, I have. I've had a handful. And when I say I've had a handful, I'm sort of of the belief that some people just aren't made to do the same thing over and over and over for the rest of your life. I have run very successful businesses and I had a good time doing it, but it got old after a while. If you take something that you love and then sometimes when you turn it into a business, it's like, oh, I have to do it now. I have to do it. And that does zap all of the fun out of it. And then you're like... Eh. I'm not enjoying it anymore. And then you stop and you go on to something else. But all of my businesses have been centered around crafts. Okay. I have been around the proverbial block. I know the ins and outs of running a business. Like I said, much longer than some of these other people have. Also, when I tell you that I have built my business, I mean, I have built my business. I, myself, little old me by myself. Okay. So, People don't want to hear about personal relationships, but I was divorced, what, eight or nine years ago? And when I decided to go public, and when I say public, I mean on a blog and I mean YouTube, um, I did so on my own. And when I say on my own, I mean I had no one else's income to fall back on. I had me, okay? And I had two very small children at the time when I started, and I took care of them alone by myself. And when I say that, I don't mean that I had a mom, a dad, an aunt, an uncle, grandparents that I could push my kids off on and they could take care of them while I'm at home working on my business. No, ma'am, I did it all by myself. <laughs> and I know how difficult it is. And if I'm sitting here saying that I did it, you can do it. You can run a business. You just, you know, you just have to buckle down and you have to do it. Did I have a business coach? No, I did not. In fact, I had never even really watched YouTube, but maybe for a couple days before I posted my first YouTube video. It was actually kind of hilarious. My YouTube video was the first time that I had ever made a deco mesh wreath. I just sat down and I was learning as I went. Because I did tons of other crafts, I had never been into making wreaths. So I sat there and I made the wreath and I made the video and posted it on YouTube and I started doing well. And then I really wanted to hone in on learning the business aspect of YouTube. So, okay, so I can tell you all about the business aspect of YouTube. Prior to that, I had run successful drop shipping crafting businesses. And what I mean by that is I would craft the things in bulk, sell it to these boutiques up in Boston and, you know, they would resell it. And that's what I did. But that got old rather quickly. So I know the ins and outs of that kind of business. I never looked at that as quote unquote crafting. I looked at that as running a business. When I think about crafting, I think about, you know, I've had a hard day at work or you've had a hard day at the office or, you know, it's the end of the week and you want to do something fun. So you're going to sit here and you're going to make a wreath or you're going to crochet a baby blanket as a gift for someone. And it's fun. It's relaxing. Crafting used to be fun. And now there are people out there, 
and I blame this partly on social media, but there are people out there now that have turned crafting into this big, disgusting competition. They have. They've turned it into a big, disgusting competition. And you're probably laughing. You're like, Amber, you enter competitions all the time. Yeah, I'm a very competitive person. And I keep that within the, the boundaries and the lines and the realm of where it needs to be kept at in competitions. Okay. There are actual competitions, you know, at the state fair and all this. And I have never entered a competition where I did not walk away with first, second, third place or best in show. When I enter, I enter to win and I always win something. I may not come in first place and that's cool. I'm happy with, with, you know, second place, third place, whatever. But that's where the competition starts and that's where the competition ends. When you're out here crafting in the real world, we are not in competition with each other. Okay? We're not in competition. And I want to tell you how I first got my taste of that. This was a while back. Oh my gosh, 2016, I think it was. When I first started my crafting blog, okay? But like I said, I've been crafting many, many, many years before then. I just decided to put it on a blog at that time. And one of the first tastes that I got of just how disgusting the community out there can be is I used to do these things called sneaky peeks. Okay. Sneaky peeks. It was on my blog. It, it was pictures of me, um, maybe like just playing around with some supplies and trying to put something together. And then I would take pictures of it. Well, I was playing around with deco mesh and I, I was just trying to see how deco mesh worked. And I was just kind of learning that when people make wreaths, they were calling it by certain methods. Okay, that was new to me. I'm like, this is kind of silly, but it is what it is. And so I had just made this little thing out of deco mesh and took a picture. And I was like, um, I've got to put this down, but I'm going to start playing with it again, you know, next week or whatever. See what I come up with. I think I'm going to name this the Cruffle. Okay. So not too much later after that comes someone else using my cruffle method, but they had renamed it. And this person already had a following. So, you know, their followers, they go follow them and they're like, oh, well, here's this method here. And I'm like, wait, but I just did that. And I was fairly proud of it, you know, because I had never really played around with deco mesh before and I was fairly proud of it. And I had confronted the person. Of course, they blocked me on every avenue. And that was my first taste of what this wreathing community was about. People took the thing that I had made, renamed it, and then claimed ownership. And I told myself, I said, if this is the way that it's going to be, then maybe I don't want anything to do with it. Maybe I'm just going to back out of it. And I didn't touch Deco Mesh again for a very long time. And then the more that I got into the wreathing part of things, like I said, a longtime crafter, my mom and my grandma were both professional crafters, you know, doll makers. They did all sorts of crafts, actually. Any craft that you can imagine, pretty much they did, all right? So I was very familiar with the folding of ribbon, okay, to make certain flowers, um, origami, napkin folding, all of this. Uh, someone had come to my elementary school once, was teaching origami, and I was all about it. So I learned all about it. And then I learned, as I got deeper into the wreathing community, that there were all of these people fighting over, well, this is my fold. This is my technique. This is my technique. I'm like, no, you took that from an origami fold. And when I started pointing that out, 
I started getting talked about very badly in some of these wreathing circles. And that was my first taste of how vindictive some of these people in the community are. And finally, when my word started getting out that all these people are just copying origami folds and giving them stupid names and then trying to claim ownership. Then one of the people that was running her mouth the most started saying, oh, well, it's just origami folds. Nobody owns it. Uh, you know, only after I had said that. And so that has made me very cautious in the crafting community. Because when you start opening your mouth, like, like this person here has made this wreath. All right, now this person here just took their method and they renamed it something else. And now they're trying to claim ownership. And I decided I didn't want to get into wreath making if that's what it was going to be about. And for a while there, I enjoyed making wreaths. I did. But then it got to the point where I didn't want to make wreaths anymore. So I just didn't make them on YouTube as much. Um, I made them, you know, in my personal life and, and things of that nature. But I didn't want to get wrapped up in the drama. So what did I learn from that? And I want to pass this along to you. What did I learn from that? Hardly anything out here is unique. Okay, hardly anything. In fact, there's a wreath maker out there right now. He just copied, blatantly copied somebody else and everybody's just falling all over it. And I'm like, wait, you got that from her. I don't know where she got it. She probably got it from someone else. But make what you want to make. And when people come after you about it, say, oh, you can't make that because I made it. Excuse me. Walk into Ulta and look at all the different brands of lipsticks. Now, somebody says, well, I can't make lipstick because Maybelline's already doing it. Uh, you know, or uh, Revlon's already doing it. You're doing yourself a disservice. Go ahead and do it. Doesn't matter what these people out here say. Should you give credit where you learned something? Now, listen, if I see a craft on Pinterest, a lot of times you can trace that back to where it originally came from, but a lot of times you can't. I've had people say, well, you're not the one that created that. Why did you say you found it on Pinterest? This is where it came from. Because I did find it on Pinterest. And let me throw this out there right quick. If you come across an image on Pinterest and you do a reverse image search and you can't find the match to that picture, it could possibly be because the person that made it is in maybe a Facebook group. You don't have access to that group. And if you don't, you're not going to be able to see that picture within that group. Okay, so that's why the picture can't be traced a lot of times. But anyway, I got off topic a little bit there, but that's one of the things that's been really bothering me. Well, you can't do this wreath fold because this person over here did it. No, that is not how the hell it works. And you're also not going to take someone's fold and then, you know, you turn it backwards and then you strap it down. Oh, I've made this completely new thing. No, you did. And it's the same thing as this. And she got it from this ancient method of origami. They're just using poly burlap, deco mesh, um, whatever other kind of supplies you get to make wreaths. They're just using the same old time-tested methods, okay? So that's another big thing that's floating around out there. People are afraid to make wreaths and post them because all of these people come to them. Oh, well, you stole her petal. You stole her fold. Stop it. That crap needs to stop. Because, you know, the more that I have expanded my circle, the more that I'm out there making contact with other YouTubers and with other bloggers and learning wow, this person didn't really come up with this wreathing method. They took it from them. They just renamed it. And who knows where that person got it? Like I said, it all goes back to that particular style. Now, in a lot of these groups, um, 
when I say groups, now I'm talking about private chats. You know, people talk about these people, um, how they're afraid to speak up. Because these people, oh, well, if you speak up, yeah, uh, you don't know who you're messing with. Sorry, my computer's beeping. Um, you don't know who you're messing with. I'll get my lawyer. Your lawyer's your mommy. Sit down and shut up. Um, all these people, they're like, well, I can't say anything because then they'll come after me. They're a bunch of hot air, baby. They're a bunch of hot air. Make the crafts that you want to make and post the crafts that you want to post. Because my thing is that crafting used to be fun and we need to make it fun again. I want the crafting community to come together and make it fun. I want this big, fun crafting community instead of everybody thinking that we're in some competition because it's stupid, it's sickening, and it gives me a headache. So as far as wreathing goes, I wasn't doing like petal folding or anything. I did the cruffle and then I did the blossom method. Okay. Those were the two methods that I have researched and searched and searched. And I've had other people to help me search for this. Those are the two methods that I myself came up with as far as folding and doing all that. Nope. If you see me folding, like folding petals and all like that, I didn't come up with that unless I tell you that I did because that came, like I said, origami and all that. But don't be afraid to get out here and make these wreaths. Don't be afraid to do that. Like I said, I don't even know who to give credit to anymore on some of these things because so many people copy and copy and copy and copy. So if you say one thing, you're going to make somebody mad. If you say another thing, you're going to make somebody mad. I don't care. I don't care if I make you mad anymore. Get mad and come after me. That's fine. Leave these other people alone that just want to make these wreaths and be happy. Just leave them alone. It's so silly. It's childish and it's ridiculous. Another thing that goes on within the crafting community behind the scenes. And I'm not talking about, um, you know, like people that, you know, want to make wreaths and stuff for fun. I'm talking about people, um, that do it for a living. Um, like on the professional level, I guess, you know, cause if you do something for a living, I say it's on the professional level. Okay. That that's what I say. So they have people that scout out Facebook groups and they have their little spies that come into the groups. I just flushed a handful out of my group, okay? <laughs> and what they do is they send these people into your group. And then once they're in your group, they block you. Listen to me. Listen to me right now. If you're in someone's group and you block the group administrator, they can still see that you are in their group. And if you post in that group, they can still see what you post, that block only works on business pages and personal profiles. It doesn't work within the group. So I noticed that there were some people in my group that uh, they never posted. Number one, they never posted. And number two, when I checked the blocked list, they had me blocked. It showed their name. That had me blocked outside of the group. Okay. So I kept an eye on this account. And I told some other people, I said, keep an eye on this account. See if it's in your group. And then that kind of spread like wildfire. And a lot of us had these little sneaky people in our groups and they had all of us blocked, right? So this is a long time ago. I'm talking years ago, 2016, probably before then, I used to laugh and make jokes about the glue gun mafia. Okay. And I had posted about it in my group. <laughs> like, you know, when you're making crafts and somebody wants to make fun of your crafts, you can like blow glitter in their eyes and say, never go against the family. It's the glue gun mafia. Okay. So here's the little spies in the group. They take that phrase. They go back to their puppet master. Their puppet master creates something along those words using exactly what I said to use as a logo. 
and then they smack that logo on things and you know what they did it in a malicious manner and it never went anywhere for them which i think is hilarious um get your own ideas it's sad that these people out here have such large egos and they don't have the creativity to back it up and that is what goes on in the professional crafting community why am i telling you this because this is going to sort of segue into what we're going to talk about with the rise of these damn business coaches, okay? And yes, I've cussed a little in this podcast, but I'm very passionate about this topic. I'm also very angry. And the more I talk, the angrier I'm getting. There are so many business coaches out there now. This is an epidemic. Okay, I know a little bit about this topic, so now um, I'm going to go be a business coach, Okay. That's what's happening out here right now. And I said what I said previously because these business coaches want to show you a life through rose-colored glasses. I am here to talk to you about the reality because I have my clients as well, okay? And when I say I have my clients, I have people that come to me I don't go to them. I'm not trying to sales pitch everybody, every other breath, every other story, every other reel that I post. People come to me and they ask me questions and I help them to the best of my ability, to the best of my knowledge. And I consider those people clients, you know, just for the sake of terminology and for the sake of the podcast, I'm going to call them clients. Okay. I have so many of them come to me and they say, this is going on that's going on. I said, well, that's the reality of it. Okay. That is the reality of the hardcore crafting business. And I can't believe I'm even saying this. It's crafting. It's not even serious. It's crafting. (laughs) You make wreaths, you know, I crochet, I do this, I do this. It's not even that serious. And yet there's so much backstabbing and, you know, mouth running And we'll get into that later. But what these business coaches are not telling you is what it's really like. Okay. Oh, if you believe in yourself, you can be successful too. Okay. That's a bunch of bull. It's a bunch of bull. Now for this part of this episode of my podcast, I have a ton of notes over here. Okay. And it's not only notes that I have jotted down from things that I have seen and witnessed. I am taking into account everything that everyone has been telling me, voicing their concerns. And I tell them, I said, I know that you're afraid to open your mouth. I know that you're afraid to talk. Come to me. You tell me. I will get in these people's faces. I will put it on my podcast. It doesn't belong on my YouTube channel. I try to keep my YouTube channel lighthearted and friendly and a fun environment. I want people to come to my YouTube channel and have fun. Leave all this heavy stuff, you know, for if you want to hear about it. You know, if you want to hear about it, then listen to it. If not, don't. I don't care. But the thing is, I've made all these notes and I've written all this stuff down. When you have somebody to come into your inbox crying, crying because they want so badly to start a business. They want so badly for their business to get off the ground. They want so badly to make money and take care of their family. But yet here is this little business coach over here trying to sell you a $5,000, $4,000, 3000 $2,000, $1,000 course. And then saying, well, if you're serious about your business, you'll find a way to get the money. Can't you borrow it from somebody? Don't you have a credit card? You're worth it. Why are you not investing in yourself? 
because some of these people like me are not riding off of a spouse's income and I'm over here just just piddling over here playing with a business idea hoping it comes off the ground where I can just take some money and I can just throw it you know and if I make it I make it if I don't I don't and that's what kind of started me on this journey of wanting to call these people out because I'm sick of it and I hope to God that you are sick of it too because I'm going to tell you right now, these damn business coaches out here are not telling you anything that you cannot learn for free by getting on YouTube, by getting on Instagram, by getting on LinkedIn. There are so many people out there like me. We're on YouTube. We make our living via YouTube. Okay. I, if, if I was to be a business coach and now I have such an aversion to that term, I don't think I'd even want to call myself that. If I were to become a business coach and I was to... I put my videos on YouTube. I'm not going to charge you because I'm making money off of YouTube. Okay. There are good business coaches out there that will give you advice for free because they have found a way to do so like utilizing YouTube to where they can make a living and help people. Okay. And like I said previously, are all of these business coaches bad? No, they're not. Most of them are. Some of them are not. And looking at my notes here, I'm going to try to touch basis on just some of the things that I have found that are very toxic within this business coaching community. Am I going to be able to do it all in one podcast episode? Don't know. I'm looking at my timer. I'm sitting at 20, around 26 minutes right now. So I don't know if I can. If I can't, I will break it up and we'll come back next weekend and talk about it some more. But number one, fake it till you make it. Why? Why are you telling people this? You're telling people to put themselves in debt. It's what you're doing. You want to look successful. So go buy that suit. Go buy this jewelry. Go buy this car. Go buy this house. And in today's market, I'm seeing people <laughs> buying houses for twice the tax value. Why are you doing that? To try to make it look like you're getting somewhere. I'm hitting nerves right now. I can feel it. The air just got heavy. I can feel it right now. And it's not only the females, it's also the male business coaches, okay? Talking about how successful they are. If you were successful, you wouldn't have to be pre-selling all of the items that you sell. You pre-sell, then you have to wait for the items to get there. And then when it takes you three weeks to a month to ship out, you blame it on the weather. When anybody with any sense can get online and see that you're lying, okay? There's that. If they were successful, and this right here, I'm getting ready to say that's, this is going to put the target on my back. You wouldn't be having to take out <laughs> government loans, taking advantage of the government COVID loans, knowing that you're not going to have to pay it back. You wouldn't have to take those out for thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars because you would have the money to carry you through. I'm sorry, but I don't buy that crap for one minute because if you dig you'll know. Okay. And it's not just that. It's not just the people that pretend to be successful coaches. Ask yourself this. If you took away this person's coaching business, would they be successful otherwise? Could they be financially independent if they did not have this coaching business? And I'm not talking financially independent as in, oh yeah, I contribute to my family's bills. No, I want you to take away 
your spouse. Take away what other source of income, every single dime that you're bringing in that is outside of your business coaching business. Strip that away. Now, are you as successful as you want people to think you are? No, probably not. Probably not. There are people out there that pretend to have successful businesses and they really don't. If they had successful businesses, they wouldn't be struggling to pay their bills. They wouldn't be behind on their taxes. That's another thing. And I bet I just hit somebody's nerve there because I know exactly who I'm talking about. And this person also knows who I'm talking about. They're probably out there saying, oh no, she knows. Yeah, I know a lot. I know quite a bit. Um, there's another business coach out there. Um, and I'm not saying people's names and I don't do that. I'm not going to start calling out names. Nope. But another person out there that, you know, says that she's a successful business coach. Okay. And in reading right here, what the niece of the neighbor of that person had to say right before she moved, <laughs> she's not the Christian that everybody thinks she is. She has some major issues and they were happy when she left. The neighborhood was happy when she left. The neighbors were happy when she left. And that segues into what we're about to talk about now is the ones that use the name of Christianity in their business to lure you in because a Christian wouldn't do you wrong, right? That's wrong. So these people, they use Christian business leader because let's get, let's get down to business. Okay. Business wise as a business model, using Christianity as your springboard, there's not a lot of competition out there on Amazon as far as books go. There's not a lot of competition out there as far as SEO keywords, long tail keywords. And these people know that. That's why they're going to throw Christianity in there. Okay. But, and I, I want you to think about this. These people that claim to be working in the name of God, working. Okay, these people remind me of Tammy Faye. Because <laughs> they all, they got the flashy clothes. They're wearing three inches of makeup. And they got like the big teased up hair, right? And I love makeup. I love makeup. I've got purple hair. I've got piercings. I've got tattoos. I don't look like these people. Therefore, I don't fit their aesthetic. And therefore, they don't want me near them. Okay? But I'm calling them out today. So the people say, you know, I'm doing the work of the Lord. Um, those big old diamonds on your fingers. Is that the work of the Lord? You know, there was a song you said, would Jesus wear a Rolex on his television show? If Christ had a TV show, do you think he'd be wearing jewelry and having a Rolex and, you know, doing this and doing that? No, he would not. Um, flashy jewelry, lots of flashy jewelry, lots of makeup. Um, they just have to brag about big expensive homes and these properties that they're buying. I thought you were supposed to be humble. I thought... You know, those working in the name of Christ and, and God were supposed to be living humble lives. Does he want you to suffer? Absolutely not. Does he want you to have a house and a car and, and jewelry that you technically can't afford, but yet you're buying to put on this facade to make people think that you're successful so that you can sell your business course? No. Stop falling for that. So, so in, in reading the book of one of these business coaches, um, I don't care what your beliefs are. I'm going to put that out there right now. I don't care what your beliefs are, but in reading, and I didn't even read the whole book. I mean, it was, it was a stupid book, but it talks in there, talks against people that use tarot and crystals. If you don't believe in that, that's fine. I don't care what your beliefs are. I don't care if you're black. I don't care if you're white. I don't care what color you are. I don't care what financial background you come from. I don't care what your beliefs are. I don't care if you're an atheist, a Buddhist, a Christian. I don't care. Do you need help? I'm going to do anything that I can to help you because I come from a background of helping people. You know, as a nurse for many, many years of my life, 
uh, dedicated to helping people. I would stay after hours and go above and beyond doing for people what I was supposed to be doing. I was raised with that mindset. Okay. I was raised with that mindset of actually helping people. And, you know, we're all supposed to love each other and take care of each other. Oh, no, wait. Well, you're supposed to have that brotherly love towards anybody except if they use tarot or if they have a crystal somewhere in their home. No, I don't want to help you. Do you want a business coach like that? Truthfully, truthfully, would you want a business coach like that? Would Christ turn his back on somebody because of that? No, he wouldn't. He wouldn't. So why are you doing it? And you're making money doing it. Why would you want a business coach that is so shallow-minded, that is so closed-hearted that they don't want to help you unless your beliefs 100% align with theirs? Um, that's not a very loving and giving person, in my opinion. I'm sorry, but it's not. Oh, your lifestyle doesn't align with mine, so I'm not going to help you. Fine, I don't want you helping me anyway. You close-minded human, you. So there's that. So when looking for a business coach, if you want to use one, like I said, there are lots of good ones out there. There are. That's a red flag that you need to look at. Are they discriminatory towards a certain group of people? Then they're not in the business of helping people. They're in the business of making themselves look like they're helping people. And the other red flag that I mentioned earlier could this person be as successful as they are now if they didn't have their coaching business? And I'm going to tell you, the majority of the time, that answer is no, they could not. Now, there are many successful business people out there, many successful ones that genuinely want to help people, okay? They don't have to help people. They don't have to offer a course. They don't have to be a business coach because their business is already successful and they have everything that they need. They don't say, oh gosh, I need money. What can I do to make money? I need money. I need to make my light bill payment. Oh, let me go coach a few people right quick. They don't need that. They don't need that. If they're legitimate and they want to help people, they don't need that. And on top of that, on top of being very discriminatory and closed-minded, these people are charging insane amounts. Let, let's, let's look at this right quick, okay? We have doctors, we have lawyers, we have people out there that have years and years and years of education. Um, they're good at what they do. You know, they're esteemed people. Now, here comes here comes little Jane Doe. Oh, I can coach you um, how to get a few followers on Facebook, and I'm going to charge you $250 an hour. What makes you think your time is worth that? What makes you think that your time is worth that? Everything, pretty much everything, and I'm not going to say everything because there's always two sides to everything. These business coaches charge these insane amounts. Now, why are they charging insane amounts? Oh, because listen here, this is what they do. And we'll tell you what they do. Let's say that you're trying to build your Facebook business page, okay? Trying to get some followers. They're going to give you a little bit of information. And it's probably going to be some decent information to get you started. You're going to implement that information. Oh, now look, this week on Facebook, I got 20 followers. Yay, me. Okay. Now, if you imagine that you got more followers by using free information, can you imagine what could happen to your business page if you were to pay me $5,000 and you could get one-on-one -on -one attention with me? Can you imagine what would happen? Are you insane? 
You're going to charge people all this money and then you're going to say, oh, but, but if you give me this money, then you can come to my dinner or you can come to whatever. They have like these, these little groupy cult-like meetings, you know, where they all dress the same. It's kind of funny because I look at these things and no, I don't fit in with these people because they all dress the same and they all look the same and they all act the same. And I'm sorry, I can't do it. It's like the Stepford wives, you know, they're all like robots. Um... And they all look the same. And you're going to give me a few thousand dollars so that you can be around like-minded Christian people, but yet we're going to go hang out in a bar tonight. Really? Bars aren't my thing. If that's your thing, go hang out there, but I'm not going to pay you money to go sit in a bar with you. Are you stupid? What makes you think that your time is worth that kind of money? You are crazy. You are absolutely crazy. I'm sorry, but you know, if I'm going to pay money to go have a meal with someone or to go hang out with somebody it's not going to be you it's not going to be you it's going to be someone who has a multi-billion dollar business i would hang out with those people but not somebody that i have more followers on facebook than you know somebody that their sole living is coaching other coaches to coach other people to coach other people it's like a pyramid scheme have you noticed that the business coaching crap online right now is like this big pyramid scheme puts me back in the mind of the 700 club you know me me and uh, one of my besties was talking a while ago these people's like the 700 club you know amway mary Kay, avon that's exactly what it's like but because we're in this era of social media people don't see it that way but that's exactly what it is. Coaches, teaching coaches to teach coaches to teach coaches. It's Oprah, you get a coach and you get a coach and now you are a coach and now you are a coach. Everybody's a damn coach. You know, it's ridiculous. The whole thing is ridiculous to me. Because someone, okay, let's talk about why I went off on that tangent. Because someone was in my inbox. She was very upset, very, very upset. You know, I don't have thousands of dollars you know, to invest in my business. I don't have thousands of dollars to invest in myself. I said, wait a minute. Who's telling you that you have to invest all this money? And it was this big Tammy Faye Christian talking business coach. And she's like, I don't have that kind of money. I said, you need to leave her group, get out of her group. Everything that she's telling you, you can get for free. Okay. The coaches under her is just a copy and paste of her. It just trickles down, trickles down, trickles down. It's the same crap. They put it on their website. These people see it. Then they go repeat it to their to their little clients here. And there's people out there rolling their eyes saying, wow, you really got something about against business coaches. I have something against the bad ones. And I'm still going to say that probably several times before the end of this podcast. I have something against the bad ones. I don't have a thing against the good ones. In life, there's good and bad in everything. So another person had come to me and he said, you know, there's a lot of bad information, I think, going on out there. And I want to ask you about it. Sure. Oh, look, I'm going to answer your question. I'm not going to charge you 25 bucks to answer it. Sure. This going viral thing. And I know I'm I'm making some people mad right now. And I'm going to keep saying that because I want you to keep your ears open for these triggers. I want you to keep your ears open because these are the hot topics that if you go out here in social media land and you talk about, you need to expect backlash. That's why I keep saying that I'm going to make somebody mad when I say that. Okay, just prepare yourself. I'm trying to help you. (laughs) Just prepare yourself. Going viral. That seems to be the hot topic right now. 
going viral. You can go viral and you can go viral. You got, no, you cannot. Okay. No, you cannot. So let's talk about this. So someone told me this person comes on and like, ah, oh, I posted a reel and it's got 20,000 views. That's my first viral reel. You think 20,000 views is going viral? I'm sorry, but you know, a lot of people out here that are saying, oh, I've gone viral. I'm going viral. No, you haven't. No, you haven't. And I would like to inject some common sense here. Okay. Bear with me. All right. So once again, I'm getting my iPad here. All right. So we're going to take a look as of August 11th, 2023, Facebook has 3.3 billion, billion. Okay. Not million, billion B with a boy, 3.03 billion monthly active users. This is active users. This is not counting dead accounts. Okay. Active users. Okay. You've got 20,000 views. Does that sound viral to you? Okay. 20,000 views. That is not even a quarter of 1%. That's not even like an eighth of 1% of the views that you could get. You have not gone viral. I'm sorry, but you haven't. Now, when I'm talking about going viral, there's also someone out there that, you know, really talks up TikTok, going viral on TikTok, going viral on this, going viral on Instagram. Let's take a minute. Let's sit down. Let's look at these numbers. All right. So let's kind of start at the top here. And this is coming from the actual professionals out there, not a social media business coach. Okay. So first off, let's see, we're talking about Facebook. Okay. We're talking about Facebook, Facebook reels. She's like, I just made my first viral reel, 20,000 views. No, you're not. There's no really set number to be considered going viral. But like I said, considering that Facebook has over 3 billion active users per month, statistically showing and using common sense here, you need on a reel or a post to get between one and 5 million views within a week, a week. Okay. Uh, one of my most popular reels has right around 24 million views. Okay. On Facebook, 24 million views. Did that post go viral? I would say yes, because in the first week that it was posted, it had over 2 million views in a week that is going viral. I've had several reels to go viral. It was in a very short period of time. I say a week or less. It's when you need to get the chunk of your views to be considered viral. And on Facebook, like I just said, Anywhere from one to five million views within a week. That is viral. Not your 20,000. Okay. Not your 20,000. So when somebody says I've gone viral or I'm going viral, look at their numbers. How long did it take them to get those numbers? Because if you have 25 million views on a reel, but it took you six months to get there, guess what? You didn't go viral. If it took you a month to get that, guess what? You didn't go viral. And I'm making people <laughs> angry. <laughs> and I think it's kind of funny. This is nothing personal, baby. This is all business. Everything I'm saying is all business. I am trying to inject common sense into this social media circus that I've been witnessing. And as so many other people have been witnessing as well. Like I said, it's not just me. I got a list of people that's waiting on this podcast episode to go live. Okay. But let's say that you've got those 20,000 views and you've only got 100 followers. That's a good reach. <laughs> that is a good reach. And that's a lot of views. And you should be proud of yourself. I would be proud. If I had 100 followers and I got like 20,000 views, boom, yes, that is something to be proud of. 
Very proud of, actually. Considering all the other content out there and you got that many views, heck yes. Is it viral? Absolutely not. So let's talk about TikTok. TikTok has a lot of people on there. They have over a billion active users. Now, there's a lot of dead accounts on there as well. But as of, you know, August, there's over a billion active users on YouTube, which means you want to hit right around 250,000 views on a post within a week to be considered viral on TikTok. Okay. You see how the numbers adjust to the amount of users. Okay. So we're going to talk about YouTube. So YouTube is full of videos. It's the second largest search engine in the world, right below Google. 2.6 billion active users. So that's a lot of views. If you want to be viral, that's a lot of views. So if your video reaches 5 million views within one week, that's considered viral. Not 5 million views in six months, not 5 million views in a month, 5 million views in a week. Like I said, the timing is crucial when it comes to saying that you're going viral. So for the next one, and finally, we're going to look at Instagram, okay? So Instagram is a little bit different. You don't need that many on Instagram to go viral. 100,000, 100,000 on Instagram within a week. And I'm talking about your reel or any post on Instagram. 100,000 within a week, 100,000 likes, 100,000 views, that is considered viral on Instagram. If you're not hitting those numbers and you don't have the right to say that you're going viral, I'm sorry, but you don't. Because this person that was in my inbox was very concerned with that. He's like, you know, I don't have that many followers, but I've gotten a lot of views, you know, and is, is that viral? Can I say I'm going viral? No, you cannot say you're going viral. You can be very, very proud. And I encourage you to be proud. But, you know, you need to watch your terminology. And this is another thing that's what this, these business coaches, whether they mean to or not, sometimes the things that they say can be deceptive, okay? Like I said, there's good ones and bad ones. They might actually mean to be deceptive in the way that they're wording things, but then they may not, you know? There's a lot of them that they just say things and they're not being deceptive. They're not meaning to be deceptive. It just comes out that way. But... You've got to be careful. And as I tell anybody, when you are with a business coach or anybody like that, go with your gut. Don't be in these groups and don't feel compelled to promote these people if it's not sitting right in your gut. You've got to trust yourself. Don't just blindly follow people because you you know the masses are following them it's like i tell my kids be careful of following the masses because sometimes the m is silent okay um you don't have to promote them in fear of not hurting their feelings you know you have to go with what's in your gut and if what's in your gut is telling you something ain't right here or this is just something that i would rather not just get my hands in because i've done that before you know, I've been in, you know, several groups <clears throat> and sometimes people want you to be in their group because it looks good for your face to be in their group for people to say, oh, well, this person is in this group, but then you're not allowed to talk in that group. Isn't that kind of funny? They want you in their group because it looks good for them to say that this person is learning or, you know, and it was in another group that I was in <clears throat> and finally I just stood up. I put my foot down. I let everybody in that group know there was just a bunch of crap and I left the group. And that's somehow that, that, you know, that's what you have to do. Now, whether a handful of people saw my post before I left the group, I hope they did. 
because they didn't delete it. So God only knows, you know, how long that post stayed up, you know, before the admins deleted it. But um, I'm sorry if I made her mad. I don't care if I made her mad, but I wanted some of those people to see exactly that what she was teaching was a bunch of crap because I did some digging. <laughs> I did my research. I do my homework. And um, this person's not who she says she is. And I said my piece and I got out. So looking at the timer, I'm running up on 50 minutes right now. And this episode may very well be an hour long, probably be the longest episode I've ever recorded. And I'm sorry for that, but I've got a lot to say. And I hope that the people that I've been promising that I'll get this episode out, that I've been promising that to, I hope they're proud that I got it out there, even though I'm putting, like I said, a massive target on my back right now. And I have passed along the names of the people that I believe will put the target on my back. I have passed that along to several people in case anything is ever said or anything is ever done. Those are the people that you need to go after, okay? So, let's talk about the red flags of these business coaches, <clears throat> okay? They're trying to sell you a dream. I can make your dream a reality. No, the hell you can't. What makes you think you can? You are not going to make their dream a reality, okay? The person who is dreaming it, they are the one that can make their dream a reality. Everybody's dreams are not going to come true. I'm sorry. That is the biggest bunch of MLM jargon I have ever heard in my life. Not everyone's dream will come true, okay? If you work hard, you can make a business, but not everyone is going to be able to make a business out of what they do. That is impossible. Everybody on this earth was not meant to be an entrepreneur. And I'm sorry, but if you're feeding people a line of crap um, and making money off that, you're not an entrepreneur either. You're a grifter. Okay, so let's get that out there. I can help you make your dreams come true. If you believe in yourself, you can make it happen. The dream only works if you do. Do you not believe in yourself? You know, do you not want to invest in yourself? Give me $1,000. You don't have $1,000? Go borrow it from somebody. Huge, huge red flag, okay? And whereas those people that charge thousands of dollars, it's absolutely ridiculous. You also don't want a business coach that's insanely cheap, okay? So it's sort of like this balance that you have to find somebody that charges a reasonable price without being insanely cheap or without being, you know, overly over the top expensive. And I know that's easier said than done. I know that. But I'm just trying to give you some things here to look for. Okay. Somebody else who doesn't walk the walk as they are talking the talk is somebody that teaches you, well, um, you can have a $10,000 month. You can bring in $10,000 a month. Are you? Are you bringing in $10,000 a month? And if you are, why are you not showing proof of that? I'm not asking you to post your bank statements. I'm asking you to post a list of deposits. Why can't you show us your deposits? Why can't you do that? I'm not asking you to give me your bank account information. I'm asking you to provide 100% truth as to your deposits that you're making. And there are some people out there that have done that before. And guess what? They Photoshop crap. They Photoshop their little bank statements. They Photoshop pictures to make things look better than what they really are. Oh, we sent out this many orders today in my business. Uh, here's a stack of 
shipping labels. Well, all those labels have the same name on them if you zoom in because they don't know how to Photoshop the names out. Okay? Why are you not showing concrete proof? And like I said, if you were to strip away their business coaching practice, would they still be making that $10,000 a month that they're telling you that you can make? Probably not. So let's talk about something else. When someone is yelling and hollering about their certifications and their titles and their this, if they are bragging about what they have done over the success of their clients, that is another red flag. I have done this and I have done this and I have done this. Instead of saying, well, this is, this is Jane Doe, this is Susan, this is Sarah, this is Bill, this is Tom. They're my clients and this is their success story. So I got on one of these business coaches' websites that claims to have all of these success stories, all these successful clients, and I checked them out. This one's got like 5,000 followers, and she's still having to work a full-time job while she's working on her business. But yet you've been the client of this business coach for quite a long time now. Why are you not doing any better than what you are? You know? And I know that sounds cruel, but when people start talking about success stories. I want you to dig into these success stories. Research these success stories. Look at their numbers and look how long it took them to get there. Now, if this person says, this is one of my success stories that she spent this amount of money on Facebook ads and now, well, like, um, I spent $1,200 on Facebook ads and I got like 500 followers. Are you crazy? That is not a good return. I don't care if you have a million followers. I don't care if you have two million followers. I don't care if you have a hundred thousand followers. If those followers aren't buying what you're selling, then why do you have them? What is the point? The point of running a business is to make money. And if you are spending money on these ads to get these followers, and, and here's another thing. I, I want to tell you something right now. Some of these business coaches out there tell you to jack up your numbers by setting these ads on Facebook. Now set your target audience to these countries like Trinidad and Tobago and blah, 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 because it's cheaper. Your numbers will jump up and it's cheaper. Why are you doing that? Those people coming to your page from Trinidad and Tobago, unless you live in those areas, those are not your target audiences. So why are you doing this? It is some of the dumbest information I have ever heard anybody say. Spend all your money on these Facebook ads. Stop doing that. If you want to spend money on ads, you need to do it on Google ads and not Facebook. This is, it's so ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. Okay. And there's a lot of these people out here. They will drain your energy. They'll say, I don't believe in that. Yeah, nobody cares. But this is the thing. When you're around some of these people, and I have seen one of these business coaches, so-called business coaches say, people like drama. If you start drama, It'll get people interacting on your page. And I saw where somebody had called this person out and then they came back with something really stupid. It was like, um, um, like encouraging interactions, not starting drama. You taught that in your course because somebody that took this person's course gave me the rundown on that course. And in the course, it said, start drama to get people talking. What? Be transparent, but yet they're bragging about certain things that are not true. They're bragging about these things like, okay, they're talking about their podcast. I haven't 
recorded a podcast episode in so long and I'm still number one. No, you're not. Because you photoshopped that image that you put on your Facebook page. And then when you do a little bit of digging, your numbers aren't where you say they are. So how are you explaining that? How are you explaining that? Or, and then they brag about getting patents and this and this. Well, I can teach you how to do this as well. I have this patent. Uh, people are out there patenting the titles of their books. Why are they patenting the, oh, let, let's talk about this too, this business coach. Patenting the title of their book. When you write a book, you own it. You don't need to patent it. You own it. I've been a number one best-selling author on Amazon several times. Several times. Okay? I don't have a patent on any of that stuff. Why? Because once you put it out there, you own it. Unless you are writing your books using artificial intelligence, using ChatGPT. If you use ChatGPT, you do not claim ownership. You cannot legally claim ownership of anything in that book that is written with artificial intelligence. Okay? That's why they have to get a trademark and patent on the name and title because they wrote the title, but they don't own anything that's in that book. There, I put that out there. There's another target on my back. So like I said, if you start seeing um, bad reviews on some of my books on Amazon, it came from the cronies of the people that I'm calling out today. Okay? When you start seeing my name in a negative light out there, you know it's because of what I'm saying in this podcast episode today. So those are the red flags that you need to look for. Okay? I think I have given you enough information. I have talked enough. It's been almost an hour now. Um... I don't know if I'm going to touch basis on this again next week, but I think what I would like to do for people is to be sort of a source of free information where you can come and maybe, you know, you can get updates about small businesses. When I first created this podcast, I wanted it to be sort of like a short-lived thing. I had lots of people asking me lots of questions. I wanted to have a podcast to answer those questions and then just let it sit there. You know, in case people had questions later on, they could just come back and they could listen to, you know, some of my past episodes and they could get their information. But I think I want to start this back up again to be a recurring weekly thing just to try to give you some information and to help you save your money. So I hope, beyond hope, I want this podcast to help people. If I have helped you, I've done my job. If I've helped you to save your money, I've done my job. Like I said, target on my back. I expect to be doxxed, but I have a huge community behind me rooting me on in this. So um, if you want to battle, you've got to battle. It's all business. It's not personal. So if you would, please go back and listen to some of my past episodes. Stay tuned for future episodes, and I'll talk to you all later. Bye. You've been listening to the This Southern Girl Can Show. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to follow so you'll be notified of upcoming episodes. Take care, and we'll see you next time.